I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, today we are talking about the 2022 Mercedes-Benz C300 sedan, which is basically the new C-Class. Yes. New generation. New generation. So it is available in three trim levels. There's a premium, an exclusive, and a pinnacle. It is priced from $43,500 to start up to $50,000. So yes, it's like luxury car pricing, but it's not that exorbitant high pie in the sky, have to be Midas to afford it kind of pricing. Yeah, it's a good it's a good entry level C-Class, right? So it's on par with the BMW 3 Series, um, a little bit smaller than the Acura TLX, but all that pricing feels right where it should be, honestly. Yeah. And you know, the thing about the Mercedes, even though this is like an entry level Mercedes, it's still a Mercedes. So it's absolutely gorgeous inside. The interior, the one that I was driving had this like sort of a ruby red interior. It was so pretty. I, I'm a sucker for a red interior, the red leather seats. Oh gosh, it was pretty. Uh, so and it's a good red. It's not like an in your face red. Yeah, it's like not it's a really good. It's a mature, sophisticated red. It's not the kind of red that you find. Like if you're going to go with some like super sporty two seater coupe, that's like, yeah, it's bright red. It's bright yellow. It's bright blue. Like sort of that you need sunglasses to see it. Cause they're a little day glow. No, this is a nice, like this is nice. This is like the seats in the lounge at your country club, Red. How's that? I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's a fancy country club. It's a very fancy. A country club. Yeah. I had a version that had, I had two different versions. So you drove the same one both days. Yes. I had black one day, black interior one day, all black. And then I had a saddle and black interior the second day. And I'm a sucker for saddle. I really like that brown. I, I just want it to look supple and it looks supple and it's, it was lovely. It wasn't as cozy as like a Volvo interior, no. but it was, it was beautiful. I like a good color. And those are three really good color options. Um, thank God we, there was no white. Because I am over having white leather interiors in vehicles. They're the worst because honestly, if you wear, especially if you wear new jeans, like if you have blue jeans that are dark blue or even just black pants, the color from your clothes comes off on white seats over the time, over time. You'll see it. Like, will you, like if you get a press car, even that there's white or even like a cream that's really pale leather seat, you can see the sort of bluish haze to them on the driver's side from where people's jeans just make the seats look blue. It's terrible. I don't want to have to maintain that in my car. It reminds me of when my parents used to drive places to go running together, like when I was growing up and we had, you know, everybody had like more like God, there was like velvet velour seats. It was velour. Oh gosh. Oh God, the velour seats. Uh, my dad's rabbit had velour. And then <laughs> like we had like cloth seats in another car, but they would always go running or exercising or bike riding or something. We'd be hauled along with them. And my parents would bring towels to sit on. And like, they're, so their sweat didn't get into the vehicle on the way home. And like, like, thankfully, like that was very courteous of them. But like the same thing, like we go to the beach and you put the towels in the car. Like, I don't know. I feel the same way about white leather. Like I want to preserve it, but also like, no. And like, I love white leather. There's an Arctic white that Rolls Royce does in the dawn that I saw yeah. a couple years ago. That's like, it looked it had an orange exterior, the Arctic white interior. And then it had this like teal stitching on it. Oh, it was luscious. But I was like, I can never own this. I mean, besides the cost, I could never I know, right? own this. The only objection was the leather. Forget <laughs> the cost, you could totally buy two, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it was just like, like no for the white leather. Um, and I know like Lexus does white leather and I just, it, I find it, 
I have so many mixed expressions. It's really pretty. I mean, it's beautiful, but it just, like if you ever get a car that has either white leather seats or very, very pale cream, be aware that if you're someone who wears blue jeans, especially if you wear like the dark indigo, the really dark blue jeans, that the blue from your jeans is going to get on your seats and you're going to have to periodically clean your seats just to get that off of them. Also, if you ever drop anything on white leather, like a pen, you can practically guarantee that if you have a pen in your hand and you're in a car with white leather, the pen is going to land with the pen side down and make a giant line somewhere on your white leather seats that you're fighting to get off just like the blue. So... Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But so so the interior was good. Yes. The exterior, it was like this low slung body style. It's not a huge deviation from Mercedes's Ben. No. It takes a little bit out of the S-Class design and just kind of makes it smaller and more approachable. And I really like it. I like having a big three-star on the grill as opposed to a hood ornament. Like, I just like it. I think it looks really good. Yeah, it has that very sleek, it, it looks like a sleek performance luxury sedan. It looks exactly the way you think a car like this should look. And the grill is beautiful. I love the grill on that. I like took a picture of it and put it up on Instagram. I was like, I just love this grill. It looks so pretty. It's a really, it's a stylish, attractive car. There's nothing dramatic in like that it moves Mercedes forward or it does something, you know, different and new for luxury cars. It just does a really good job of being sleek, of being performance, of being luxury car and sticking with the vibe of feeling and looking like a Mercedes. So I'm, I'm a fan. And then with that low slung body style, and we talked about looking like a performance car, it has to behave like a performance car. Mm-hmm. So we had the turbocharged two-liter four-cylinder engine in it, 255 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque. It's a mild hybrid system. Can you describe what a mild hybrid system is to our listeners? It's not really like a hybrid hybrid. Don't think of it as like a straight-up hybrid where there is, it's like flipping from the gas engine to the electric motors the same way that a hybrid would. That like a hybrid will fully do that, and there's times where it's just running electric. The mild hybrid kind of is like, God, what's an easy way to describe this, Eileen? It adds a little boost of electric power when it can. There's more limited scenarios when it uses the electric motor. And it's not something, it's not going to make huge performance differences. It's not going to make huge fuel economy differences, but it'll make little ones. How's that? Right. That's perfect. So it's usually known as a 48 volt system. Yeah. And so it's a littler battery and it can be attached to the transmission, to the engine. Kind of everybody does it differently. Mercedes calls it their EQ system. And with that, you have a little boost of energy to get you off the line. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's that zero to 60 is going to be a little bit shorter. And then when you need it, when you're hard charging on the highway, you need to get around a car. You need that little boost. It gives you that little boost and it does it without affecting the fuel economy so much. Right. So you use more, most of your fuel when you're getting off the line, not when you're necessarily retaining speed because you've got to move that whole mass of that car forward. And so that's where a mild hybrid system can help. So it's, it does help with some fuel economy, but not a lot. Uh, it is, it is like, it's like a halfway point to a hybrid, right? Exactly. It's, it's like, you almost don't notice it, but it doesn't necessarily get rid of turbo lag, No, it which does is not. a really interesting proposition here. That was my biggest problem with the Mercedes. Oh, you know what my biggest problem with the Mercedes? It was not the turbo lag. Do you know what it was? What? The brakes. What did you not like about the brakes? Oh, the, oh yeah. No, we talked the about brakes. this. We ta- I, I forgot. Oh, I, shame on me. I have forgotten. We, 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 yes. The brakes. Mm. So you, yes. you press the brakes and you have, there's way too much travel before the brakes actually 
realize that you're breaking, like you're pushing down, you're like, break, 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 break. And then when they, when you finally hit that point, they're fine. They work really well, but there's, they're very soft at the start. Like there's this, there's this huge amount of pushing on the pedal, this huge amount of travel before you actually feel like your brakes are engaging, which takes some time to get used to. Cause if you're going really light on the brakes, you're not doing anything. If you're just using a really light foot, it's wait, nothing's happening. You have to push harder. And I didn't like that. I, I like, I don't know why that little gap of no brake is on the brake pedal. <laughs> it's terrible. It's honestly awful. And I don't know how I just forgot about that. But yeah, so it reminded me of the old Honda brakes where there was like the glide and then the braking would start. It was just like that. And honestly, when we were driving some of the mountain roads we drove, it made driving those mountain roads not fun because when you have a more performance car and you can push it, like the engine allows this to push, you can't guarantee the braking is there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and you don't want to necessarily drive with your foot two thirds on the brake. I mean- that's a thing and <laughs> not advisable, um, but but it's just, you can't do it. So it made spirited driving not as fun as it could be. And that was disappointing because when you buy a car that looks like the C-Class looks and it drives and the handling is fantastic, um, but the braking just ruins it. Yeah. I mean, if you're driving like stop and go traffic, you're not going to care. Right. Right. But if you like driving for driving's sake, it's awful. It is genuinely yeah, awful. And it was such a weird thing because everything else was so beautifully done it was so beautifully executed and somehow that was the one spot where it failed but it's a pretty significant spot in a car like this and mind you it's not that the brakes don't work they work you hit the brakes you slam in the brakes you're going to stop it's just that it doesn't because of all that travel you can't you they're not sensitive enough almost you you want to just barely tap the brakes if you barely tap them you haven't done anything you have to get used to a heavier foot and maybe over time you would you get used to that your little bit of braking would require you know more pressure than what you're used to but it was noticeable and we actually had talked to a couple other people on the drive a couple other journalists and said what did you think everybody made the sort of you know yeah the brakes are not good I don't know what is happening there so it wasn't it was sort of a uniform thing so it's not like it was just the car Eileen had or just the car that I had there was it was experienced by multiple people And we drove for, I mean, 12 hours over two days. So it wasn't like we drove for a small amount of time either where we were just kind of being nitpicky. We did find out, though, it was not related to any regen with the regenerative braking. So there was no energy being restored in the 48-volt system. Right. Um, It was a calibration. Yeah. And that was uh, a bad calibration, in my opinion. But what I thought was decent, though, was the way the instrument cluster in front of the driver behaved and looked. It was very, like, very pleasing to the eye. It was was responsive. It was easy to change your little, like, visual modes. Yeah. and, and the HUD was really good. The head-up display was really good. The infotainment touchscreen, though, the, the tablet style has been borrowed from the S-Class. 11.9 inches of frustration is what I'm going to call it. Uh, yeah. Because it was, I mean, so so I had problems. I don't know if you had this. Um, so you and I were in separate cars mm-hmm. driving by ourselves, right. which we rarely do. Right. Um, but as we do, we were constantly on the phone with each other. Yes. <laughs> complaining about certain things and like talking through life as you do. And um, one of the things that we talked about was that like, first of all, the navigation was horrible. Like the navigation system, whatever they have done to that is abysmal. We and had, it was just, we had one point where we ugh. literally gave up. I'm following Eileen. And I literally thought of like, why, why are we going in circles? And I'm looking at the nav and I'm looking at where she's turning. I'm like, wait, cause the nav is telling us to go 
in a circle. We like went in a circle and then went in a circle and we gave up at a point and she said, forget it. And she, you, what did you use? Like Waze or Apple CarPlay or something? And said, I just use Apple Maps. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was like, we can't, I don't know where this, it's just like go 10 feet down the road, come back 10 feet, go 10 feet down the road, come back 10 feet. I don't know what endless loop, but both of our cars were doing it in the same spot. So it was very confused. So the navigation was sketchy, but you know what is as horrible as that is, Realistically, how many people, if you have uh, an iPhone or an Android phone, do you not use your Apple CarPlay and Android Auto? Everybody does that. Like you tend not to use the in-vehicle nav. So as much as that was a total pain in the butt and I hated it, I don't think it would ever bother me because I think I would use Apple CarPlay all the time. I do think, but if, I think if you're paying for it, it should work well. Yes. Like, I mean, that's like, if you're paying for it, it should work well. And I think we are going away to, to have it from having navigation in cars. Like, I do think that phones kind of make up for that. Yeah. But also, like, you and I drove from the Hudson Valley. I mean, we were in Kingston, so we were up there, um, all the way down to the Newark Airport mm-hmm. uh, one day. The last day, I guess. There were only two days. It was the second day. Um, the first day, we drove the other way. Um, but we drove down, and I had Apple CarPlay going. You had the navigation going. It's kind of like this whole, like, how's it going to work? What's it going to do? And we kept talking to each other about how, like, you're like, wait, what time does it say we're going to be there? And I was like, oh, it says 1.37. You're like, mine says 2.52. Yeah. Why is it so much later? And like, and mine was dynamic, and it kept updating the route and all sorts of stuff. And you're like, um, were we supposed to get off there? I'm like, no, we're getting off at 14A. We're not getting off at 15C. Like, it was, it took us on very different routes. I will say this, like Apple CarPlay was better. Yeah. Like it, we got there, we got there easily and your directions were awful. You read them to me, it was abysmal. I know it was terrible. And I wasn't even now, Mercedes, uh, the, they do set up like navigation routes for us sometimes to follow that will take you long meandering routes on purpose because they want us, you know, not to just get from A to B as quickly as possible. They want us to drive certain roads, but I didn't use that. I literally just had the navigation, like navigation, take me to Newark International Airport. So I was just using this straight up, take me there. And it was like, I will take you there the way I want you to take you there, not the way that anything. And my my times were which was like via Manhattan. Yeah, I was like, like it was like it was like let's drive down, you know, Fifth Street. You're like no, I could not no. figure out what was happening. I'm, and I'm looking, I'm like literally, there were times we have the same destination set on both of these. Your destination time was accurate, mine was not, and it was off by truly like half an hour. And I would watch it flux between like ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. And it wasn't until we got right to the airport that it's like boom, you're arriving in two minutes and I thought well great now I know that I can see airplanes I'm aware that it's two minutes away <laughs> right the undue stress and high blood pressure of the situation for you was not worth it Mm-mm. but thankfully we do have we do have things like Waze and Apple CarPlay yes. and Android Auto and Google Maps and things we can do to supplement but we shouldn't have to that's it so that's it it's, that's where the failing is can you get around this 100% because we all have enough technology today that we can get around this but should you have to absolutely not in a car that costs $43,500 Exactly. Exactly. And so we were in it for 12 hours. I found the seating to be pretty comfortable. Very comfy. I was comfy. That was a long drive and I did not get out of the car feeling stiff at all. I did. And my hip wasn't like going numb halfway in between. Like all of our, <laughs> like I was worried like when you're road, like you're mountain driving. Cause we did like a significant amount of mountain driving. Yeah. And like, I'm like my, my one hip will be like, no, I'm sorry. You've been on the gas too much today. You need to, you need to put your weight on your other hip. Yes. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's that. So I didn't have any of that. Um, I also found that the driver assistance package was pretty okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it now has adaptive cruise control, which is, you know, phenomenal. I don't know how every car doesn't have that by now. Yeah. And active steering assist, which is like lane centering. And it will also initiate lane changes. You initiate the lane change and it will help you go to the other lane, which is kind of like something that Super Cruise does. Um, 
It was fine. It takes a long time for an automated lane change, which when you're driving in New Jersey is not optimal. You can't leave a long time for anything. You need to, Mm -mm. it has to be, I need to change lanes, turn signal, no, and there go. Because if you wait longer than that, 14 cars are next to you and you're going to get run off the road. (laughs) Right. And I don't feel like technology in this case will make us a more civilized driver. I feel like in this case, it's going to get a lot more of solo finger wagging out the window. Yeah. Especially more than anything, especially in the New York, New Jersey area. I feel like there's a huge potential for that. (laughs) Huge potential. Now we did have something interesting uh, out the window at us as we were driving and it was, do you remember the gentleman in this CRX? Oh, is who this was filming thing? us out the window? He was, we're driving along the highway and I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, I haven't seen one of those in forever. And then I'm like, wait, the man in that car has his window rolled down and his camera fully in our faces, like his iPhone. And I'm like, huh, what's going on there? Passed right by me, went by Eileen, did a little around, like he was doing this around about and video thing. And I'm like, I would really love to know what he's doing. I know, and like for, we were being relatively cautious drivers. Like, I mean, going with the flow of traffic, not doing anything obscene. So I was like, well, he must be an enthusiast, but also how bizarre. Yeah, it was very like, weird. It was just, I, I didn't know what face I should give him to the camera. I had many thoughts about that. Um, most of them were unpleasant because I was worried about getting to the airport. But um, <laughs> it was it was an experience. It was. Uh, if, our first drive by uh, cameraing yeah, is what I'll call it. Was it. Weird. And it, what was kind of funny about it is, you know, you drive, I think the only other time, I haven't had some of the camera, but I have someone ro- roll down the window and like holler at me with a in, in positive sort of oh my gosh was driving the Mach E like they were so excited to see one on the highway so normally when you get like response driving a car on a press trip it's something really amazing and not that the Mercedes C-Class isn't amazing but really that's the one that a guy's gonna risk doing video on the highway to capture okay <laughs> yeah and also like don't use your phone when you are a driver yeah. on the highway or on the road mm-hmm. and certainly don't use it to then lean out the passenger side exactly. of your vehicle to take photos while you were driving on the highway yeah. that is inherently risky behavior there were many um, risky not, things with how this guy was many doing risky this, things but, yeah Yes. Do not recommend. Do not Zero do out of 10. Do not yes, recommend. Don't do this. Um, but we did experience some really cool spots on this drive that we do recommend. Mm-hmm. So when we come back from break, we'll tell you all about that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey everyone, we are back. I am Nicole. And I'm Eileen. And you are listening to Fast Women by Newsweek. And remember to stick around to the end of the podcast where you will find out why hot wieners and raccoons go together. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a heck of a <laughs> heck of a tease there we came up with. I know. I it, know. It's legitimate right? though. It's not it's not a scam to get you to listen to the end. We actually have a really funny story about it. So we do, we do. So we got in the Mercedes C class. You just heard that we were driving through the Hudson Valley. Um, but to get there, we both had to fly into Newark to pick up the cars. And we drove up the Garden State Parkway, which I actually had a friend of mine message me and say, Any flat tires? Because it is it is an experience of a drive. Well, driving in New Jersey, it's not an easy, calm Northern New Jersey. Northern yeah, New Jersey. It's, yeah. So the roads are the roads are, are challenging. The roads are the roads are challenging. They, 
They suffer. They suffer. Mm -hmm. They suffer from the long winter and the angst of the driver. The roads in New Jersey have seen some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) They have, as have the people of northern New Jersey, quite frankly. Oh, and I can't say that they don't go together. So the uh, we, we drove there and you got in about an hour before I did, hour and a half before I did. Yes. And you had, I will call it an experience. Okay. Because normally what we do is we go get coffee, right? So yeah. first off, we land, we get in a car, we'll drive for like half an hour, go grab a coffee, kind of reset, and then get going on our drive route. Yes. So Nicole's like, okay, you're, I'm going to get in early. I'm going to meet you at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, perfect. This will be so relaxing and wondrous. And then I'm on the plane getting the best text messages from you okay recounting your tale so please tell our listeners it was gonna be this really easy thing i'm gonna find a really cute coffee shop i'm gonna sit in said coffee shop get an overpriced coffee break out my laptop and write a story that was my plan eileen was an hour behind me i should have had time to do this oh no oh no 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 this is not what happened so the first coffee shop i go to and i like i'm like hey mercedes because you can say that and mercedes will do things for you hey mercedes find me a coffee shop on my route it's like hey here's one and i follow it and i'm in this neighborhood with these huge houses that I come to the end of a cul-de-sac and it's like you have arrived and I'm like unless Tony Soprano is about to come out with an espresso this is not the place where my coffee shop is funnier (laughs) even was there were like two or three other cars that went into the same cul-de-sac and did the same little like huh this doesn't seem. So we're not blaming this one on Mercedes right. navigation. I think there was some weird glitch in the matrix, and we're all kind of like going somewhere. And it is not this cul-de-sac. The people in this cul-de-sac were probably wondering why cars kept driving down it. It's because I was trying to find coffee. Sorry, Tony. Um, you know, so that was so that was try number one. Try number two. Same thing. Hey, Mercedes, find me coffee. And it did. It found me a coffee shop that looks like it hasn't been open in seven years. So that was not going to work. It wasn't just like closed today. It was closed. So like forever. forever. So then I'm like, okay, we're going to give it it, like seriously, people. But now Eileen is getting closer. I'm like, we may or may not have coffee when you arrive, Eileen. The third try. And I'm like, this looks like there could be a coffee shop somewhere here. This feels promising. And it's supposed to be third time's a charm, right? It's supposed to be. And I drive right by and it's like, you reach your destination. And I'm thinking there's nothing here except for like this landscaping store. And I sort of look over my shoulder and see a giant flag sticking out of a pile of bark mulch that says, donuts and I'm like wait was that the coffee shop and <laughs> it was the coffee shop it was a coffee shop the size of a postage stamp inside of a landscape place and I'm like you know what I'm really thirsty now I need to use the bathroom as well I'm going in it was one case with really yummy donuts because I got they two. were delicious you got some so I could try that I got now. two little donuts and coffee but you couldn't there was nowhere to sit if you wanted to sit you could sit on a hay bale outside where there was also a chair I opted. That's on brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, as cute as this is, I don't think I'm sitting on a hay bale with what my What was left- the name of that? Love the Landscaping Emporium Coffee Shop. Do you I, remember? I'm, I've forgotten the name of it, which is horrible. I've forgotten. Well, what while the- you look it up, I will talk about the donuts you got. Because you okay. brought these donuts to the inevitable parking lot that you and I ended up meeting at a few miles down the road. Um, which you brought a Hostess Cupcake-like donut, mm-hmm. which tasted legitimately, a little cream filling it, legitimately like a Hostess Cupcake. All sorts of warm, fuzzy memories of my childhood came whelming back. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The other one you got was a French Toast yeah donut which was was like a a vanilla cake donut and it had like a glaze on it it was so so yummy so yummy like i i would i would seek out the landscaping company in the future in order to get those donuts if i was ever driving uh up in upstate 
New Jersey slash lower state. I think we were still in New Jersey, New York, right? which is still upstate New York. Yes, yes. I think I, it was still. Have you found the landscaping I can't company? Find I know you were desperately searching. I'm desperately searching and I can't find it. I thought I took a picture of the sign and I don't have it. You guys, I failed. I don't have a picture of the landscape donut shop. Well, we'll 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 keep talking about our adventures. So yeah. we drove so we drove Nicole left the landscape company and we met in a parking lot in <laughs> I don't know where, somewhere around the oranges. And it was it was one of the I would watch that over television most days. It was the most intriguing parking lot watching experience. So we watched because I'm sitting here waiting for Eileen trying to work on my laptop in the car, which is not the easiest thing to do. But I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to open the sunroof. I'm going to wait for her because I've given up. So I'm waiting here (laughs) for her to show up. And I'm watching people attempt to park. And it was the strange. This is a huge parking lot. You guys, there's like 30 empty spots. But everyone's trying to park right next to each other to get the spot closest to the door. And no one knows how to park a car. It was the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. They're like parking directly over the line. They're pulling in and out like three times in a Fiat because they can't fit themselves in a spot. We And this, the spots were regular sized. Mm-hmm. The lanes were regular. It wasn't like, you know, you're in a New York parking lot and they're like, we can fit 30 spaces in this 20 space lot. Yeah. No, this was a suburban parking lot. Yes. It would be at home in front of a Home Depot. It would. But no, no one seemed to be able to park. And it didn't matter <laughs> if they had a Honda Pilot or a Fiat Panda, which there was like some vintage Fiat Panda there, which I need more information about. Yeah. But like, I, I was, I was astounded. She pulled, I pulled up and she's like, you have to watch this. You have to see what's going <laughs> and on I think here. she thought and it was crazy. It was, like, it was like flies to a red zap or a purple zapper light. Like it was, it was like that. Like they were just, <laughs> they could not park. Um, but the good news is that we went to a lovely little bakery there um, called, I believe it was Amy's Bakery. Yes. And that was adorable. It was like high-end baked goods. Um, You know, like you could go get like a couple dozen cookies for the office and feel very professional about your choices. Um, Really not a coffee shop, but definitely a a bakery. And it was delicious. And they gave Um, you the cookies. Like you just got two cookies. She's like, oh, just take the cookies. It's like, what a nice little person. Thanks. I I know they were lovely. They, we didn't, you know, we didn't ask them for them. We, we didn't did tell not. Them who we were. Nope. Um, they were just, they were just lovely. And I think it's because we went such a low quantity. Although I did, I would go back and buy a couple dozen. Quite if, frankly, if but, I had um, a reason to buy like a platter of cookies, I totally would have bought a platter of cookies. There. Yeah, that is a place I would have gone. So I do recommend that if yeah. you are in that area and looking for a good cookie shop or cakes. I mean, they had all sorts of things there. So and it was there was a lot of people there. So I would say it's probably pretty popular. Yes. Um, but we did watch some horrendous parking situations. And we also watched somebody, this this duo showed up and they were wrapping a present, we think, in the back of their car. And had a giant bouquet of flowers. So they got out of the front seats and went to the tailgate, which was facing away from us. And we can see like wrapping paper being wrapped and we can see the flowers have come into the tail there back there i'm like where are they going we're looking at this plaza like where are you going and we're debating there's like a little diner are they meeting in the diner and it's someone's birthday where could they possibly be meeting they wrap all this stuff then they take out what appears to be a tiny flat thing like a picture frame put it in the back seat shut the tailgate and walk away empty-handed i don't know what happened to the flowers i don't know what all that wrapping paper was being used for they went into the foot spa uh-huh. place, which was even more confusing because confusing. I think they were the only they were the only ones who had gone into the foot spa since we've been there. So it wasn't like yeah. they were going to join a party, and they didn't bring any presents or flowers anyway. I mean, the flowers which have since 
gone somewhere. Yes. And I, I just, I, I, I left that parking lot with so many questions. <laughs> so many too. questions. I thought to myself, I will return here someday and do some more watching. Questions, because it was fantastic. Yeah, many questions, but also thoroughly entertained. So after going on my jaunt where I went all over looking for coffee and couldn't find it, um, I did at least have some serious entertainment happening while I was in the random parking lot waiting for Eileen to show up. So once I did show up and after we got done watching these people, we decided, you know, we should probably drive no longer linger in parking lots because that's creepy. Um, We decided to head up to our lunch spot in Milton, New York, which is solidly in the Hudson Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to the Buttermilk Falls Inn and Spa. Is that not the cutest name? I love it's adorable. Name. I expect like like Louisa May Alcott to come out. Like that's who I expect. Like it was it was like it with was, a basket it, that has some pastries yes. in it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, why not? I expect that everywhere I go. So I don't honestly understand. It's a cute little event space, though. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not full on hotel. It's kind of like you drive through the town. You're like, oh, you want me to take a left on this road? Well, that's interesting. That's not where I would expect to see this lovely little resort. But you get onto the riverside and you're like on the riverside and you pull in. And it's like and it's an oasis area. It really like, is it's really beautiful. It, it's it's pastoral. Yes. Genuinely pastoral. And there were llamas and chickens and goats and bees, which you are not a fan of. I was like, we're walking by these giant like bee beehives, the the little, you know, when it's all the little wooden crate things that they have stacked beehives. Those are hives. I guess hives. And Eileen's just like walking by them. And I am like hugging the fence as far away from the thing. I'm like, she's just walking by. I'm like, I can't get any further away from these. I'm walking along the fence. I'm not going near the bees. I hate bees. Bees scare me. It was a very responsible adult move on your behalf. It was. It's 100% an yeah. adult move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we we saw that and that was great. I mean, any day you get to spend like walking around livestock and yeah. seeing them from a distance when they're not trying to eat you, sniff you or poop on you is a good day. Yes. So we saw that we ate lunch there and it was one of the best lunch stops I think I have had on one of these like drive programs that they come up with for us. Yeah, because a, a lot of the time the like the sandwiches and stuff are just kind of like meh. They're just sort of boring sandwiches, which is fine. All you really need is a sandwich, right? But these guys had a bunch of different choices, and we both got this steak tip sandwich that was amazing. It was, it was really, so good. really good. Yeah. It was really good. And then I always love, so when you're in the Hudson Valley, um, the nice restaurants will serve you the Saratoga spring water and the blue bottles. And there's something about getting in a deep blue bottle. You feel like so fancy. Yes. But then also like it's a Saratoga and like my family's from the Saratoga area. So I'm like, oh, I'm in the Hudson Valley. Like it's like, I don't know. I love it. It's 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 stupid, but it's corny. But I just like there's something about that blue bottle that just makes it feel like this is where I should be. Like having a day, it felt, it felt natural to have a day and a sandwich, you know, by the livestock. You couldn't smell the livestock from lunch, no. which is a plus. Um, and it wasn't just the way the wind blows like the farm was situated but you could, appropriately you could hear the what was it that we kept hearing was it the the swans the geese the ducks oh the, the swans <laughs> were in mating season and you know they what? were they're loud those they, they're they, loud they need to get a room it was like what is happening over in that lake <laughs> the swans have needs and they need everybody to know their needs mm-hmm. it was a it was they were rowdy they were rowdy uh but you know you know that's that's nature's nature's blessing and bounty yes that's what it is that's, that's how you what get little baby swans so yes and then they just poop everywhere mm-hmm. uh like the canada geese Ugh, i don't like i geese. have thoughts no mm-mm. they're mean anyway on to the nicer stuff yes. so we got back in the mercedes and we drove and we drove up 9w which for those of you who are familiar with the area is not quite on the river but just like a little adjacent the kind of the business route that goes up 
uh, through the Hudson Valley. And we went through, turned over on 299 to go through Ohioville and New Paltz, um, which I can't say I've ever been in New Paltz. So that was, you know, a little drive through destination that was cute. Like it was a cute little town, get out, mm-hmm. park, walk, that sort of destination. Um, we went up to the Rond Hut Reservoir. I've pronounced it wrong. I know I have, um, <laughs> which is a beautiful reservoir. Um, but apparently there were deer on the side of the road that I missed because I was looking at the water. I, um, I get this frantic phone call from Nicole. She's like, did you see that deer? And I was like, um, no. She's like, there were deer on the side there of the road. Deer. <laughs> Pay attention. There are many deer. And deer, have you ever seen deer? If you've ever driven by them when they're on the road, they always look at you and you think, oh, I'm good. He's standing there. And it's like, they wait. I swear to God, they wait until the minute that you're, you have nowhere to go. And they're like, and now I shall step into the road. So I'm always nervous when I see them like, oh God, where are the rest of them? Cause they're going to prance in front of me. I've never had that actually happen, but they do like come right to the edge and they will walk in front of you at the last minute. Never managed to and hit I, one, but I was always taught when I was little, my dad was always like, if there's one, there's two. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if there's two, then they definitely will walk slowly and linger. Yes. And probably stare right at you as you sit in your car impatient and trying not to kill them. As cute as deer are, they give some serious stink eye. They give you this like, get the, you know what, out of my little forest people. They're, they, they, they're aggressive looking in their stairs. They just stare you down. They do stare down. But also, so I don't know how quiet the C-class is from the outside, because honestly, we weren't in a place where like ones were driving by us. We could hear them. But I do feel as if it's quiet because there was also a UPS man who did a similar dance to us that the deer did. Yes. Where he was walking from a house and he was parked on the far side of the road, walking from a house on his phone and looking at his phone and did not look up to hear us coming. And I I did a heartbreaking maneuver and Nicole thankfully was paying attention yeah. and did not hit and kill the UPS man. But there was, you know, uh, don't just assume that there's no traffic when you cross the road, be aware, don't look at your phone. But there were a lot of similarities between the look of that gentleman and the look <laughs> of the deer yeah. uh, as we were going. Thankfully, both, I was paying attention. Yes, so neither met their demise on that drive, although it was close. <laughs> it was close. It, I mean, it wasn't like that close, yeah. but it was also like, if he would have just been walking a, a bigger clip, he he would have uh, needed to look up yes, in time. definitely. Um, but so you and I see some stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we're driving, not just not just UPS men and deer and reservoirs, this beautiful reservoir. Um, but we also saw this, I'm going to call it dilapidated structure. You're um, being I think too I, kind. You texted me and you were like, did you see what I saw? And I think my response was, I don't think the Munsters would be comfortable there. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like an old Victorian house. And it was a big house. Like it was, it was, it was an affluent family at one time owned yes. that house. Like no question in my mind. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, it looks like a sign out front that was like, I had an arrow and I just picture like, if it was a cartoon, it'd be like the arrow would have like a sparking light coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Like at nighttime, it'd be like, in the sparking light. Um, there was a sign that was like off kilter. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like a set of a movie, like, like. Uh, Al- uh, Alfred Hitchcock would have felt yes. very comfortable there. It looks for very all the world like something that has not been used by humanity for at least 15 years with the sign barely hanging on. It said Snyder's Tavern. And I assumed that it was no longer operational. And, and there was growth. There was tremendous vines and trees, trees and brush. Everywhere. The, it, uh, the paint is peeling. You can't see half of it for shrubbery that has gone out of control, but apparently it's not 
closed. It's a real tavern. This wasn't Snyder's Tavern left over from 1970. It was a real place. And we found reviews. We're trying to figure out if it was still open, open. But within the last few years, it was. And that is not just a few years of dilapidation that we have watched. <laughs> no, no. And so, like, I think you and I talked about, like, when we drove by initially before we got a chance to pull over and research it, it was definitely like, oh, we're like, oh, there's bodies there. This is where people oh, die. There's, this is where people have been taken after. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where they hide murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so it's in West Shokin, New York, which is in Ulster County. Um, and I looked up some of the Yelp reviews, which were fantastic. Um, it said it has the one of the oldest liquor licenses issued ever issued in New York State, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, But then a reviewer, quite kindly perhaps, (laughs) described it as, it smells like two wet German shepherds and that's part of the charm. And I think to myself, I don't find that charming. I I thought, you know, we didn't stop there. And you know what, Eileen? Totally okay with that. (laughs) I I love a good dive bar. Like, I love a good dive bar. I mean, you can, the smell of smoke, you can have bad music, you can have a bar. I'm fine with that. But this, this is where they write my obituary yep. I felt like and it could be lovely I mean people say it's a lovely establishment I have no problem with that it is not for me no it was a little bit scary it was a little bit scary not gonna lie so there were other some other destinations we didn't necessarily stop at and some we did that we actually liked better than this so we'll talk about that after the break CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back. I am Nicole. And I'm Eileen. And this is the Fast Women Podcast brought to you by Newsweek. And remember to stick around to the end of the podcast where we will teach you about why hot wieners and raccoons go together. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Um, so I would like the Hudson Valley. I do. It reminds me a lot of Germany. In Mm -hmm. terms of like the driving around and the sights and the scenes, like you'd see why German culture kind of moved from New York City up there when the immigrants came in. It's just it's very similar to Germany in a lot of respects. Um, I've traveled extensively in there. Um, Have you? I I know we talked about a little bit, but I don't know how much you've been. I've done some because it's close enough. I live in the Northeast, so it's not that far away for me. So it's an easy like, you know, a couple of times we've been there for a weekend or driven through on our way to other points further out. Um, So it's normally a drive through, maybe spend one day and keep going kind of place for us. Okay. Well, I was there for, I went for, I'm going to say a romantic weekend with my husband um, because it makes me feel better about the fact that I was on the phone with work for most of one of the days. Um, But anyway, so I was there in the fall and I went to some really cute places. And I do think that the Hudson Valley gets a bad rap as being either um, the apple picking capital of where you want to be or like full of Brooklyn influencers. Like there's very little, like I'm sure (laughs) on the weekends in the fall, like it can be really bad um, and really just, it's just full of people. But there's some really cute spots that are not just typical influencery. And I want to tell everybody about those because I think it's it's a destination worth visiting. It really is. Uh, it's a beautiful area. Beautiful area. Um, you know, we flew into Newark, but you could just as easily fly to LaGuardia or JFK uh, or White Plains or even Albany and then go on your way down. So there's a, there's a lot of airports there. Um, Binghamton, if you feel friendly, I guess. I, Binghamton probably has an airport. I don't see that as a destination often in the Atlanta airport, but I'm sure it's got one. 
It's a, it's a medium-sized city. Um, if Elmira has one, I'm sure they have one. Uh, but anyway, so West Point, New York has the West Point Museum, which is uh, a military-themed museum. And it is quite lovely. I mean, if you're into military stuff, you're into army stuff, it's a great spot. It is free to go to. Um, it is, you know, on the military base itself. It, it is it is a destination. It is worth seeing. It's all of military history um, and all of it, like from the caveman era to modern times, as well as infusing, <laughs> like, but, but, as well as infusing U.S. military history into it. It's very well done. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I know my husband really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that if you're in the area. Like I said, free entertainment is always good. Um, down the road from that is the Bear Mountain Bakery and Cafe, which I know Nicole. I texted you when this happened. My husband and I went there, and it was like 11 a.m. And we just get coffee and breakfast treats. And my husband was looking at the case and he was like, are they going to, am I a bad person if I order this entire blueberry pie? No, he's for breakfast? a good person if he orders the whole pie. And it wasn't like a whole, to be clear, it was not like a full size pie. It was like maybe like a five inch pie. Okay. So like it was a reasonable portion pie. Okay. But he claims it was one of the best blueberry pies he has ever had. And I had a pastry from there. I think I had like a blueberry scone. Um, it was blueberry season, clearly, at Bear Mountain Bakery and Cafe. Um, but it was delicious. And it's a cute little spot. If you're in the West Point area, I 100% highly recommend going there. Um, we stayed at the Thayer Hotel which is inside the military base. It's a historic hotel. Um, and it is like a fortress. Like you walk in and the, I mean, it's part of West Point. So like it should right. be right? right. So, but it is the quietest hotel I have ever stayed in. And it wasn't just because I stayed like in the heat of the pandemic. It was because <laughs> it is like the walls are a foot thick. Yeah. And like you go in there and like, it's just lovely. Like, I don't think we heard or another soul the entire time we were there. That's and that nice. is just that is worth the price of admission. Like I, I highly it's on the river. I highly recommend it. Um, that's West Point. But then you go across the across the river and you're in Cold Spring, New York. Do they have springs? That, I feel like they should have freshwater springs. No, I mean, probably. I don't know. I didn't see any, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. It's one of those cute towns where you're like you go and park in an adjacent parking lot. And I say adjacent because it's like five or six blocks away um, that you go and find parking because in, in New England, there is no parking. And you walk and you walk like all along these just it's, it's an idyllic little town. There's little cafes and there's restaurants. Um, we really like the Hudson Hills Cafe. That's where I ordered a buttered rum apple cider, which was, that was for breakfast, too. It, it was with the French toast I had. It was, it was, it was very heavy on the buttered rum, um, but it was it was delicious. And so when you have that and then you need to drive somewhere, you can spend your time walking along the water, uh, walking and shopping on the t and the town. And it's just it's very cute. It's very it, it's someplace I would go back to Hudson Hills Cafe. Um, a couple days later, we were on our way back through town looking for somewhere where we could have a, a good dinner in terms of quality, not necessarily having to make reservations somewhere. Um, we found Angelina's Restaurant and Pizzeria, uh, which I was surprised because it's it's, you know, it's in a strip plaza. They had pizza by the slice there and it was New York style pizza and it was they had a white pizza, which I love white pizza. And we don't have that in the South. So you don't wait, they don't it. have that in the South. You don't have white no, pizza. It's, no, it's not a thing. And it disappoints my very Why? soul. Why? Why is it not a thing? I don't know. I would you like to take it up with the Southerners? They, I would I like mean, find a Southerner. I'm going to take it up with one of them. <laughs> I am, um, but they don't have that here, so I, I I never get a chance to find it. So when I'm in New York, that's the thing to order, and I had some from there, and it was delicious. So I recommend Angelina's Pizza Restaurant and Pizzeria. Um, if you go further up that side of the river, you get to Hyde Park, New York, which Hyde Park, I always remember from like learning about Franklin Roosevelt and like you learned about it, it, the Gilded Age and things like that. So there's giant mansions up there and. 
I mean, you get up there and you visit them and you kind of see why people settled there. You're like, this is actually quite nice. There's not like the flies you get further inland. It's 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 a lovely spot. Um, we saw it in the fall, but there's the Vanderbilt Mansion up there, um, the Franklin Ooh. Roosevelt House and the Stottsburg State Historic Site, which sounds very not pretty by its name. You're like, oh, this sounds this sounds <laughs> institutionalized. This sounds like there's public restrooms and a bike path. Mm-hmm. But it is it is lands. It is like there's there's trails that go along it, but there's a giant old house and there's there's plenty of space to have kids get out and run around like looking if I was a parent and I was like, I've got a bunch of toddlers. I need to exercise like <laughs> put them in the like put them out here and let them just run to their heart's content. It is there's good parking. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, you can take photos all day long out there with your family. It's a great spot. But um, it was one of those places I was like, OK, we're need to get bikes and actually come back here and like ride. Um, I really enjoyed the Stottsburg State Historic Site. But when you decide not to drive anymore, there are wineries and distilleries and cideries everywhere. And I was kind of surprised. I mean, I know all that exists. I've been right. to the Finger Lakes. I've been up there. I was surprised at how much when we went through New Paltz, there were just like signs everywhere, like all these distilleries and all these wineries. And I was like, we have, hello, hello, friends. We've, we've, <laughs> we've entered my region. Um, and so I've been to Angry Orchard, which if you are a cider fan, Angry Orchard is a lovely experience. They tour the orchards. They have tasting flights. They've got all that mm-hmm. stuff you normally have. I was there in the autumn and they had apple cider donuts. They were making hot and fresh. Oh, that's and the you best. Got the, like they made them right in front of me and then they paired them with the cider. And I just, I, I am here for that. And that's like, was you th- were talking about your blue bottled water that lets you know that you're in, you know, New York. Mine is, I know it's fall when I get my first little mini apple cider donut off of one of those little machine things at like a, a like a farm or whatever, little yes. tiny ones that are so hot that you know you're going to burn your mouth, but you eat it anyway. And it's worth it. It's like eating a really good slice of pizza. You're like, this is going to burn my mouth, ah, but so worth it. So worth it. And the other thing I like about that area is like, like you and I spend a lot of time in Napa. Our listeners know that. But we don't spend a lot of time at unpretentious wineries. Mm-hmm. We spend, you know, they, we, do, we do the fancy dress wineries and the, yeah. the, the $50 for a tasting winery. I love that in upstate New York, that it's just much more casual and it's relaxed and I can wear jeans and a shirt and, you know, sneakers if I want to. And yeah. I'm, and, and like, it's it's lower cost, quite clearly, but also it's just more casual. Like there's we went to Taconic Distillery and the Brooklyn Cider House and you just like you sit on Adirondack chairs, you have some pizza, you have what their version of a charcuterie plate, which is mostly like some Ritz crackers and some meats. But it's but, fine. You know, like you're like, I'm just like I'm just so relaxed and happy. Like that's that's my spot. Like I don't I, I love going to fancy places, but like that that's me. Like that's I, I want to drink my wine and like see the vineyards and like just hang out, like feel yeah. like you can hang out by a fire and relax like there's that's something more- to be said for that and there's a lot of that like in the northeast even like in connecticut there's a lot of places where there are wineries that are super chill like you think somehow because they're not that far from new york city that you're gonna have this real pretentious like i am here from the city i need a fancy winery experience they're really laid back there's you know people running around the kids the dogs they're super, super chill and they're cheaper and you can just kind of kick back and relax. I went to one once um, and that you could order cheese. You, you talk about the charcuterie. They brought me like just a, a block of cheese that you bought at the grocery store. They like ripped the package open. It was a block of cheese, a knife, some crackers. And I'm like, that that will do. That's fine. I, I can't. I, you know? I don't hate that. I was right. like, I'm like, look, I'm watching your faces recording this, and I'm like, I don't yeah, necessarily see? hate that experience. You have a moment where you're like, well, the presentation, but cheese crackers, knife. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you're whittling away the cheese block. Yes, yeah, just like, did you craft it into a duck? 
I did yeah. not. My skills aren't quite that refined yet. I just made a swan. No, a swan. Oh, an angry loud swan. An angry loud swan. <laughs> you know where there no, were no swans? Where was where we spent the night when we were with Mercedes, yes. and that was a very special experience. Um, we see the Hutton Brickyards. It was so neat. That was it was, and it really was a brickyard. Like they didn't just name it that. Once upon a time, from 1865 to 1980, the Hutton Brickworks Company supplied bricks for all like everywhere you'll find and they say Hutton on the bricks so you'll see them randomly all throughout the area these older buildings that have these Hutton bricks and there's still a ton of them on the property either that they've used to build various things or even just stacked in these huge steel sheds that are still out there it's the coolest property it is. So they the, when we got there, they were telling us that the brick, they were the bricks that were used. Some of them were used at the Empire State Building when they were building the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Um, that the brickworks operation up and down the Hudson Valley was huge during that the era of, of when New York City was booming, when all the architecture was really coming in. That that was really cool. And they t- the the big building Nicole's referencing is three still frame kiln sheds yeah. that remain, and they are in ruin. I mean, they are covered in in vines, and you could kind of see the operation there, but. It's beautiful ruins. It's not like yeah. trashy ruins. You're like, you're like, this is this is lovely. This is this is the way it should be. And I think I read somewhere that that's like one of the few representations of the bricking industry that is still around. It's kind of like cool to see that. It's sort of that like you go to some place where they preserved a little bit of history and it's just history there. It's it's not this horrible, ugly thing. You look at it, you think, my gosh. And I said to Eileen, it's so quiet and it's so sort of pastoral and just really, really nice there. But you try to imagine when there were just hundreds of people working out here, making this industry work, that there just must have been men just everywhere for the volume of bricks that are there still left. I can't even imagine what that must have looked like when they were actually producing bricks and shipping them and getting them off to to build all these buildings in New York City and everywhere else down the East Coast. It was a really neat experience. And we stayed in a little cabin. We had these little cabins that we stayed in. They're not so much cabins, but they're kind of like tiny houses. Tiny houses, because they weren't like wood, cutesy wood on the outside. Like they they were they were like little tiny houses. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. There were showers, which I'm a big shower and toilet fan when it comes to um, my dad calls it glamping, but it wasn't glamping. It was it was staying in a tiny house. It was a Um, tiny house. Yeah. Yeah. But they were really cute. Really cute. The area is really cute. It was just quiet and like the most noise we had was the empire state trail runs by there Mm -hmm. so like in the morning there are people walking their dogs which is like not loud at all um but it was it's beautiful it's it's certainly a luxury establishment um but yeah there's like all these tiny houses and you've got one end of them is just glass and so you just look out onto the water it's gorgeous it is absolutely gorgeous. I would go back there in a heartbeat. But it was, we, so we had dinner in sort of like the, a how, like a, was it kind of like a barn house almost, I want to say, like barn yeah. type situation. Yeah. It was on the property that was like all of a three minute walk from where our little tiny houses were. And then we walked back at night and I was walking back and I had, much like the UPS guy, not paying attention to my surroundings. And I had my nose in my phone and all of a sudden I hear something and I'm like, what is that? And I look and I'm by myself and I look, I'm like, that's a large squirrel late at night. And then I realize it is not in fact a squirrel it is a skunk who is turning around to aim his posterior in my direction and i'm glad no one was there to witness me running down the pathway at full sprint desperately trying to get to my cabin before he decided to let loose and spray me he did not because there was no smell of anything in the morning there was no spray but i was like oh my god he was it's like one of those things like i'm sure it was a normal size skunk but when my brain registered skunk 
it was suddenly like the biggest skunk I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I think that's legit. I think you see like things like that. You're like, oh my God, it's about to eat me. And you're like, no, 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 it's a, it's a two pound skunk. Yeah. But no, no but, but I mean, even two pounds has a lot of spray. Mm-hmm. And it, it lingers. And, and thank you as the person whose cabin that skunk was sitting in front of yes. for not being the victim of a spray because I would not have wanted to come back to Your that. cabin would have reeked. So yeah, so he was right there. It's like, oh my God, running, just sprinting down the sidewalk, fumbling for my little room key, like, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been bad. That would have been really bad. Mm-hmm. It would not have been a good way to end the drive. <laughs> no. So speaking of bad, we're yes. going to talk about the best and worst cars we've driven lately. So we'll talk about that after the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So every week we get to drive new cars and not just when we travel, but the fleet companies allow us to drive cars at our house. Mm -hmm. So automakers will contract with these fleet companies. They'll bring a new vehicle to our house to test drive. And usually we have it for a full week at a time, which gives us more time in the vehicles than when we're just doing these little first drive programs. And we get to drive cars that maybe don't warrant a first drive program. So things that have been just moderately refreshed for the new year or something like that, where you get to experience the latest tech and live with it for a week and really see how it fits into the lifestyle that the vehicle of the is aimed at right and it's nice because then you get to drive it on the kind of roads like i think we both have sort of drive routes that we take that we consistently take all the time so you're driving very many cars in the same conditions so it makes it easy to compare them because you know what the roads feel like in a sports car in an suv in a sedan and whatever it is so you get to know how a car handles a little bit more because you have this comparison of everything that you've been driving on the same roads Um, and also as you drive it for me in the northeast it's great because in the winter i get to really test vehicles in the snow i will legitimately take them out when the storms happen so that i can just see like okay how well does this all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive actually do but right now no snow in the northeast we just have lots and lots of thunderstorms so none of that but i had two cars that i drove recently that i really liked and two very different cars one was the mazda 3 which is a okay. fun, sporty little hatchback, 2.5 liter turbocharged engine. It has 227 horsepower, which doesn't seem like a gigantic number, but this is a tiny car. Like you can, it has a rear seat, but only kind of sort of a rear seat. You know, it's not, you don't want to sit back there unless you're on relatively on the small side because there's not a lot of room. Even behind me, when my husband sat in the car last night, he's 6'3", there was zero room for a human behind him. You could put your groceries in the seat, that was it. But I enjoyed this car. It's a fun car to drive and it had a few little extras on there. Mine was the premium plus, it was $35,000, almost 36. So, you know, that's not that much less than the Mercedes that we were talking about earlier, which is 43. Mercedes has more room in the back and it has a more luxurious interior. But, you know, like save some money, get yourself a, a Mazda 3 turbo hatchback that you can shove tons of stuff in the hatchback. That was one of my favorites for the week. The other of my favorites, very different. It, when you mentioned the interior of this vehicle earlier, not knowing I was going to talk about this car. Okay. I, okay. I had the XC60 Recharge, which is a Volvo. 
And yes. we were talking about Volvo interiors. And it truly was one of the things that I loved about this car. So this is a plug-in hybrid. So it has great fuel efficiency. It has 36 miles that you can drive just in EV mode. So like tooling around town, you can almost get by with not using gas if you're just running errands around town. It's beautiful. It is definitely pricier. This is $72,000, but this is also bigger. It's an SUV. It is a plug-in hybrid. But what I love about Volvo is the interiors are luxury, but in a totally different way than a Mercedes. Like Mercedes is a little bit more fancy, whereas the Volvo goes with this very, like very modest, very simple, very clean aesthetic. Nothing is fancy or flashy, but it has this very, this sense of quality and the sense of luxury. So I love driving Volvos because it's, it's like a refuge. If you want a car that feels like a refuge from whatever's on the other side of the glass, a Volvo is going to do it. I am 100% a co-signer on that. The mm-hmm. XC60 is fantastic. And I always say that when you sit in a Volvo, it feels like you're sitting in a baseball glove. Yeah. Like you're just, just like this like soft leather. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's just lovely. I, I really enjoy a Volvo. Um, I also, surprisingly enough to me at least, I really enjoyed the Cadillac XT5 Sport package Ooh. that I just got done. The XT5 Sport. Um I, you know, XT5 is fine. I get why it, it's, it sells so well. I, it's not my cup of tea, but I get it. Got in this and this is actually fun. It's a, it's, it's a sporty <laughs> little drive. It's got great brakes. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it more than I probably thought I would. Um, I recommend it. I do enjoy it. It is, it is expensive, right? I mean, it's a Cadillac. So, oh, um, it's actually it's, it's like a $3,000 upgrade. Okay. And then on top of your trim level. So, I mean, your trim level is going to be starting at $50,000. So I think this one came out around 70. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would take the Volvo. Um, but, I was just going mean, to say, it, what would you but, take? The Volvo or the, or the Cadillac? But it's a different personality. Yeah. It's a different personality. This is, this is very much American muscle. And I liked it. I really liked it. If I was to buy an XT5, this is actually probably the one I would buy. It's, um, it's kind of interesting because these are like, okay, the Volvo, the Mercedes, and the Cadillac, these are all luxury vehicles. They do it in such a different way. Like the interiors oh, are so vastly different. The Volvo's really understated. The Cadillac is a little bit more flash. And the Mercedes is sort of, everything is opulent, but still very very chill. The Cadillac yes. is the loudest about all of it. So these, if you look at these three cars and we didn't actually plan this out, but they're all luxury, but they all do their interiors very differently and target a very different kind of consumer. And speaking of luxury, mm-hmm. I just drove the GMC Terrain AT4. And? And I have many thoughts. Oh. Few of them are positive. Oh. And I mean, it's just, I just cannot wrap my head around the GMC Terrain. I, I've driven it multiple times and every single time I think, how is this a GMC? It is like the ugly duckling, um, but but not the one that will grow up pretty and responsible, but the one you're just like, oh, that's unfortunate. Um, it's, it's, it's an is unfortunate it, Is it vehicle. like what my mother would say when she wants to say someone's ugly? Oh, she's rather homely. Is it a homely it's, car? <laughs> it's, you know, it's not actually all that ugly. And I did drive it in this like pantyhose nude color, which is also oh, like, gosh. oh, who would spec? I mean, I'm sure there's some lovely people who choose that color, but oh no, <laughs> no. Like how did that make it through quality control? That's not a color. Um, and, you know, it's got black tires and black wheels and it's got a, a, a kind of a bullish grill and it's supposed to be like more off road. Um, but it is so loud and it rattles and it's just the power isn't quite what you want it to be. And it's just like at every turn, you're just like, this is just not like there's something else. If, if whatever the focus of that vehicle is, there's something else in 
any other competitor lineup that is better. Like if I wanted to hear every moment, uh, I, any part of the tire hit the pavement. Like, I swear to God, I could still hear it when I got out of the car and then was walking into my house. Like it was, it's just. Oh my God. It's, it's I would describe it as not ideal. Not it's, ideal. It, it, it would okay. not be my first choice. It, now I will say this, the trains come a long way in this generation from the last generation, but that doesn't make it particularly fantastic. Um, and I drove it a lot. I drove back and forth the airport a lot, which is, you know, 60 miles each way. And I really, I, I got some seat time in it. And, you know, the GM components work fine, right? Like, it's got fine gauges. It's got a fine infotainment system. It's it's comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like I, and it wasn't like, oh, my God, I need to get out of this. Like, it's not like when you get into, like, something, like, you're in a Nissan Versa. You're like, okay, well, this is fine, but it's not where I want to spend my time. This, you're just like, yeah, this could be better. Like, I like, <laughs> I like pretty much everything else in the GMC lineup. So this is just an anomaly to me. Like, I want to be like, I feel like it's a cost-cutting measure. They're like, we have to offer something small. We're going to take out as much as we can and maximize profits for it. Um, it's just not where I think it needs to be. That's kind of how I end up on that. That's sad. But speaking of places where we need to be, we've been teasing about hot wieners and raccoons this yeah. whole entire podcast. And now is the point where we need to tell people why those two things go together. Okay. Speaking of needs. So I'll start with the first one. So we are driving along on our little route and um, we see this place and it's called the Raccoon Saloon. And it's on this little main street and it looks kind of like you would expect little swinging doors on the front like it was a real saloon, but it's called the Raccoon Saloon and it looks not as... It looks like a place bikers go on like a poker run. Yeah, it's not as like, oh my God, people are dead here like the the place the Snyder's was. Snyder's? I forgot the name of it already. The, the, the tavern that was super scary and we couldn't believe it was open. This is more like, huh, this feels like a really rough crowd that this is going to be like your wings and your brats and your beer. And then we Googled it. It is not. It is a fine dining establishment. It's, I, I feel like there's, like it's a hidden gem. And it made me want to go back. I'm like, why are we not eating here? It looked beautiful inside, which was absolutely shocking with a name like Raccoon Saloon. I mean, it really looked like the kind of place where there were like, should have been pictures on the wall of the people who'd managed to eat, you know, 150 hot wings in five minutes and they got their name and a picture and rang a bell. Nope. And there's nope. like a dollar bill stapled to the ceiling. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And people have like signed their name on the wall or something no it's this beautiful elegant place that now i want to go back and i want to check out the raccoon saloon and then we saw another place eileen do you want to talk about the other place that goes hand in hand with the raccoon saloon so we're driving through kingston in new york and we're driving like down their main street and i see a sign and it says dallas hot wieners 2 which i would refer to as dallas hot wieners the sequel because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I was. And I was, I was instantly intrigued. And I was like, what is a Dallas hot wiener? And why are there two of them? Because obviously they're good enough that there's two. Or maybe there's just one now and the two is the only one that remains. Like I had questions. <laughs> and so we parked the cars. We were eating dinner. And I got on the internet as one does at dinner. And <laughs> I was Googling Dallas hot wieners, which is something to do with safe search on. And I uh, I was looking at it and, <laughs> and, and it turns out it's actually a restaurant and they serve what they call their Dallas hot wiener, which is a hot dog that is covered in a, like a, a I'm gonna call it like a Greek sauce, but it's not a Greek sauce because it doesn't have the Greek type of flavors. It's like a thinner sauce. It's more of a vinegar base. Kind of like a weird, like sort of, sort of chilly, but not as thick, like a spicy yeah, chili-ish no kind of thing. No meat in it. No, was there? I thought maybe it was beans. I don't know. It was spicy. It had a little bit of heat. And there was some mustard. They put some mustard with it. Yes. It was delicious. So you and I went the next day. We, we did. went to Dallas Hot Wieners 
one. One. <laughs> the original. We decided Dallas we had Hot to Wieners. go to the original. Yeah. So we went to Dallas Hot Wieners. One, cash only establishment. Um, had these for what was a brunch time, <laughs> like as soon as they yes. opened at like 10. Um, it was delicious. I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. If you like hot dogs, if you like having a little bit of extra on them, um, the hot wieners are for you. I, and it was I definitely stupidly enjoyed cheap. Them. I think we had like a couple of drinks and hot wieners and it was three wieners and two cokes and it was eleven dollars. It was eleven bucks. So you know, if you want a cheap date, that's your cheap date and it's good. Stuff. I would be okay with that. I would, I would be, be okay totally with okay that. with hot wiener time. Hot wiener time. Yeah. And then we went just down the road to the Jolly Cow and had some ice cream. So yes. um which is, you know, as you do for breakfast. Exactly. Uh, ice cream and hot dogs, breakfast of champions. Ice cream and hot dogs, breakfast of champions. All right. So where are you off to this week, Nicole? Um, this week, at the end of the week, I am going to Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm going to drive every electrified everything that Hyundai has, except for the Ionic Very 5. cool. <laughs> Very cool. I hope it's not too hot for you. I am headed. Actually, I leave later today. I'm going to fly to Berlin. And I'm going to drive some BMWs all week and then go do some Rolls Royce stuff and be down in Italy for a few days and then come back and tell everyone all about it next week. Excellent. Sounds good. Have fun. All right. I'll see you there. Bye. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.